You are listening to a special pre-recorded episode of The Four Persons Show. Though we will not be taking live calls tonight, we want to answer any questions or comments you may have. Drop us a line at email at thefourpersons.com. Welcome to the Uncounseling Show with Dr. Fed Bowley. Each week, the good doctor takes a skeptical, Catholic look at conventional counseling and why it often doesn't work. Dr. Fred has more than 30 years of experience as a counselor and spiritual advisor. He is currently associated with the nonprofit St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries, a partner of the Four Persons Podcast. Their counseling is highly effective for several reasons. First, they operate from a thoroughly Aristotle Eantonius perspective. This not only is highly effective at driving change, it also has a much happier set of goals than many other theories of counseling. Secondly, they ruthlessly promote selfless love for their clients. Counseling is not an ordinary friendship, but it is friendship nonetheless. St. Barnabas works zealously to love their clients and to communicate that love effectively. Third, they are action-oriented. Some people need patient understanding, but most people who seek counseling want to feel better and the faster the better. Therefore, St. Barn works continuously to refine methods that help people start living more happily now, not next week or next year. Finally, they are thoroughly Catholic and Christian. They do not insist their clients are Catholic and they do not judge souls, but the Catholic approach is kindly, beautiful, and dignified. St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries specializes in counseling, life coaching, and mediation. For more information, please visit their website at stbarn.org. You can email them at stbarn at protonmail.com or call them at 872-269-1280. For questions or comments about this show, email us at email at thefourpersons.com. And now, therapist, spiritual advisor, and legend in his own mind, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Fred Bowley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Uncounseling. Why doesn't counseling work? <laughs> a lot of people are helped by counseling, but in some ways, it does not work. And one of the ways that I think sometimes does not work is that we as counselors don't understand well the link between mind and body. And this is seen very often, very uh, markedly, in the fact that we don't always do a really good job of helping our clients get good sleep. With me today on Uncounseling is the notorious Deb Rojas. Hi, Deb. Hi, Fred. Um, how did you sleep last night? Uh, I slept well, just not long enough. Gotcha. How about you? Crap. Thanks for asking. <laughs> good show topic. <laughs> what is uh, what is good sleep? What do you think are the elements that go into making up a good sleep? Well, length is definitely a part of it, mm-hmm. but you can stay in bed for a long time and not 
feel well rested. Do you mean you can be asleep for a long time and not be well rested or just lie there? Yes, you can even like mm-hmm, be drifting in and out of sleep. So it has to do with depth also, the depth of sleep. Mm-hmm. Length, depth. Um, so you can have a fitful sleep of 10 hours and you're not well rested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, interruptions. Mm-hmm. A couple of nights this week, my dog has decided to bark at something. <laughs> At like 2.30 in the morning. So you get up and look and see what it is. You can't see anything. It might have been like a plastic bag blowing down the street. Mm-hmm. But it woke you up. Mm-hmm. And you got to try to go back to sleep. That's easy. <laughs> that's good, man. If you find it easy to go back to sleep, that's mm-hmm. a true gift. I get it from my dad, who can put up his feet anywhere, any place, any time, and take a nap. Conk out? Are you a good napper? You know, I I do actually make up for the the lack of length at night during the day at times. Those cat naps. Mhm. Yeah, cat naps can be very uh, helpful, but they can't replace a good sleep. Sooner or later, you're gonna have to have a really good night's sleep. Hey, this show is not about me. <laughs> you find it difficult to have a good night's sleep? Do I find it difficult? Not typically. Okay. So we talked about having a, a, enough hours of sleep and a nice deep sleep. Anything else? There are certain conditions that contribute to that. Yes. You know, think about it being too hot or too cold. Right. Um, temperature is one, um, noise. Right. So, uh, you have to have the right kind of noise though, right? Mm-hmm. Because the droning of an engine can be like absolute soporific and put you out cold. But sudden sharp noises, you're awake. And if that switch flicks in the back of your brain, you are awake. Mm-hmm. Go all the way through a process of getting it to get sleepy again. So, or if yeah. you're used to, to tugboats and uh, sirens and you are all of a sudden hearing crickets. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I've heard people complain about being too quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, crickets <laughs> are not quiet. <laughs> it depends, yeah. Cicadas are very loud. Yeah. They are very, very loud. But uh, later in the show, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the theology of sleep. So anything to do with the human has a spiritual aspect, theological aspect. And sleep does too. It's not merely a matter of medicine or merely a matter of your body or even merely a matter of your mind. Mm-hmm. There's always that other aspect. There's always meaning that uh, we humans have. And so I'm looking forward, Deb, to talking about that with you. But like first... I would like to say um, this is a production of St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries, a nonprofit organization which is devoted to reconciliation between people. And the Four Persons blog and the Four Persons podcast. Um, we are not available to take calls. As you will notice, this is pre recorded, but do send us an email with questions at stbarn.org, S T B A R N. Dot org. 
And um, well, that's the website, ain't it, Deb? Deb, do you know the difference between an email and a website? <laughs> Me neither. I can give them mine. <laughs> <laughs> the email is saintbarn at protonmail.com. So that's S-T-B-A-R-N at protonmail.com. Send us questions and comments. So a uh, you talked about a deep sleep. In fact, um, you have to go through the, the proper cycles, right? Sleep has mm-hmm. a, it involves cycles in your brain. And I don't think it's completely understood. It's kind of strange when you think about it. Why would we have to go unconscious for a large for a large part of our lives <laughs> in order to function properly? But we do. Right, literally in order to survive. Right, in order to survive. So what happens if you don't get enough good sleep? Everything begins to deteriorate. Yeah. Like what? Concentration. Uh huh. Uh, memory. Yes, definitely. Um, mood. Mhm. Much more difficult to have a stabilized mood. Yep. Uh, we see that in two-year-olds, don't we? Yeah, he's tired. Oh, he's uh, tired. Yeah. yeah. But it's true of adults too. Yep. Mhm. Oh, but it's very true of adults too. Absolutely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that um, you learn is that uh, very often as in depression, one of the symptoms is insomnia, right? Either insomnia mm-hmm. or hypersomnia. Well, guess what? You might not have anything to be depressed about, but if you have insomnia or hypersomnia for other reasons, it can lead to depression. Mm-hmm. Like so many things in the human mind, one thing causes the other, which also causes the cause. It's uh, interactive like that. And that's true also of um, uh, psychosis, right? So if you don't get sleep, and it doesn't have to be too many days in a row, mm-hmm. you will start having psychotic symptoms. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, when I first started um, doing psychotherapy, back in 19... 19- 92 or 3, I had a client who was an over-the-road truck driver, and he was using drugs to keep himself awake so he could earn money. Mm. You pay if you get more miles. And in those days, they didn't have the same technology. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't have the same rules either, but they had started to have some rules about Mm -hmm. maximum amounts of driving. But they had no way of checking it, so all the guys were scratching things down on paper and falsifying records all the time. Anyway, after uh, four days with no sleep, driving straight, um, he looked over, and there was a a rat the size of a dog seated on the seat beside him. Oh, no. And he's like, holy crap. So that really, really scared him and then he turned to look at it again and the rat started to talk to him <gasps> so he pulled over to the side of the road put a, took the truck out of gear turned the engine off and walked away um, he never went back to truck driving that was a, a whole truckload of frozen meat was what it was so totally ruined loss to the company but 
the fact that he had gone so far into sleeplessness that he was having complex and well-formed visual hallucinations, mm-hmm. actually, more than one sense, then uh, was very disturbing to him, as it should have been. As it should be. <laughs> as it should be, yes. So um, if you have psychosis, sometimes it can lead to disturbance of your sleep. But if you disturb your sleep enough, you can also induce psychosis. So as a counselor, how do you tell which is which? It is often difficult to tell that. And even on uh, basic levels of someone being depressed and anxious. Mm -hmm. Well, what's causing what? Sometimes depression can cause anxiety. And sometimes anxiety can cause depression. Mm -hmm. So it is often hard sometimes to find where the end of the string is. But the good thing is, it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, if you find a good string to pull on, you can often switch the the polarity of that, that tangled web of symptoms and uh, and help them no matter what. Anyway, hmm. so in other words, maybe it was anxiety first, and that caused depression. But we start working on the depression because that's what seems easiest or most pressing at the moment. And because the depression gets better, the anxiety will get better too. They're they're more motivated, they're more able to do things, and therefore they're not as stressed out or worried, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So, same thing with sleep. Maybe it's depression that that is causing you to be sleepless. But if we start regulating your sleep, then your, your mood will improve. Your depression will ease up a little. It can it can go either way. Mhm. And as a as a counselor, we can look at all of this holistically. Mhm. Because we are looking at the wellness of the whole person. Yes. So tell me more about that in regards to sleep. Well, it doesn't really matter if we know what came first in that sense. Right. We can we can look at all of those and address you know, the thoughts and the feelings around the part that's depressed. The You know, the same with anxiety, like dealing with the anxiety and actually caring for that. But also including the very physical, much-needed aspect of regulated sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how often do you ask in an intake, how's your sleep? Every single time. The only time I don't ask about sleep is if um, the person gets hold of a story they want to tell and I cannot get them to stop telling the story. (laughs) That sometimes (laughs) happens. People are really eager to tell what's on their mind and I'm very eager to hear it. But I do have a list of questions I have to get through and I'm not always able to do it because Mm -hmm. my interrupting skills are not always right at the top. (laughs) But otherwise, if I can get through my list, yes, every single time I ask about sleep mm-hmm. because it's really important to what's going on with you as a person. Yeah, so, that's great. <laughs> I'm not so sure that everyone does that, but all of us should do it, right? We always should be checking in with sleep, appetite, and uh, relationships, mm-hmm. right? I was just going to say, appetite is a very good indication of things being off. Yes. 
And so uh, some people have that saying, your guts are your second brain, right? Mm-hmm. Things are going wrong with your guts. Once again, it can mean that you're very anxious mm-hmm. or cause anxiety. So the two things are very much linked. Your nervous system is uh, very importantly in your head, but it's all through your body. And your soul is not located inside your brain, right? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> your soul is not in time or place. And so, therefore, you cannot locate your soul somewhere in your body. We have to consider the whole body when we're when we're thinking about a person and how to help them. I think you said that just now. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, for affirming that. <laughs> I'd like to repeat the good things you say, Deb. If you're listening to this, send us a question at St. Barn at protonmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Question or comment. Sleep is very important, and it can be very uh, upsetting and discouraging when you can't seem to get a good night's sleep. A lot of people struggle with either insomnia uh, at the beginning of their sleep, they can't get to sleep, or Mm -hmm. insomnia in the middle. They wake up and they can't get back to sleep. So how can you get good sleep? We will be right back to the Uncounseling Show with Dr. Fred Boley on the Four Persons Network. The Four Persons Inc. is a licensed 501c3 nonprofit. All rights reserved. No use of our content is allowed, by law, without our permission. Our goal is to bring you the very best Catholic content possible, including great hosts like Fred. Going forward, we will continue to bring you the best apologists, educational programming, devotionals, and live charitable and social outreach and activism. However, we cannot continue to bring this great programming without your help. All of our members are volunteering their time and efforts, but the hosting, programs, licensing, and subscriptions needed to keep this going costs money. Right now, our credit card platform is not yet operational, but you can still send your tax-deductible gift to the Four Persons Inc. P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. That donation address again is the Four Persons Inc. P.O. Box 11214, Manassas, Virginia, 20113. If you are interested in advertising on our shows or have any questions or comments of any kind, email us at email at thefourpersons.com or call us at counselor or coach? Dr. Fred Boley provides faithful Catholic counseling and coaching for men in Missouri and beyond. He conveniently offers telehealth services for anxiety, depression, marriage counseling, or just getting stuff done. You can find him at stbarn.org or 872-269-1280. Once again, the number is 872-269-1280. Here is the latest podcast schedule here on The Four Persons. 
You'll want to write this down so you can keep up with our shows. On Monday at 7 will be the new night of The Tangled Knot with Deb Rojas. Tuesday will be a flex schedule. Some weeks we'll have shows on Tuesday, some weeks we will not. On Wednesday, that will be the new night of Uncounseling with Dr. Fred Boley. Again, that's on Wednesday at 7 Eastern Time, Uncounseling with Fred Boley. Thursday will be the second flex scheduled date of our week. On Friday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time, it is the Catholic Ken Apologetics Show with Ken Litchfield. Then at 7 p.m., the Luke Haskell Show. On Saturday at noon Eastern, it is the Burnt Toast and Coffee Show with apologist William Hemsworth. On Saturday evening at 7 p.m., it will be the Taking It to the Streets show with Terry Delp. And on Sunday at 5 p.m., it is Catholicism Rock. That is our regular schedule, and as things change, we will notify you here at The Four Persons. I'm reminded of so many stories of people as they get older, waking up at three o'clock in the morning and having breakfast, <laughs> right. doing all their chores, saying their prayers, you know, like having, having lived like half of a day by 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, which is, so why is that, why does that happen with older people? Well, the need for sleep decreases. Right. Your but energy sure does not increase. I am not sure why either, and I don't know if there's research on that that shows why. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely true that mm-hmm. as a teenager, you really should get nine hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. Most of them get way less than that. The ones oh, yeah. That but as you move through adulthood, that mm-hmm. gradually decreases so that when you get older, it goes down to five or whatever. It, the problem is that if you are 75 years old, and you expect to get a good eight hours sleep, it can be very frustrating when you usually only get five hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. The truth is you couldn't use that eight hours of sleep. It wouldn't make you feel any better if you accidentally were able to sleep for eight hours in a row. Mm. You've gone through your cycle in five hours, and that's as good as, it can, as it's going to get. Mm. So adjusting expectations would be better than yes. One of the main problems with insomnia, I find, is that you get upset, right? Mm-hmm. People get upset when they can't sleep. 
And um, the one thing sure to make it hard to sleep is to be upset, to be either <laughs> angry or anxious about it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, um, expectations are very important to set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably why I'm able to go back to sleep easily. I just why? observe. I observe. Oh, I'm awake now. But I don't attach an expectation to it. Like, what expectation would you attach to that? I should be asleep. Oh, right. It's just, I'm just awake and that's it. I don't have a should in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So how can you tell people, though, how do you get people from a position of frustrating insomnia to getting a good night's sleep? There are many different, I like to use the word routine when I talk with my clients about sleep. Mm -hmm. Because Say again? What's another word for routine? Ritual. Yes, I've heard you use that word before in regards Actually, to sleep. Actually, that's an even better word, just a, a, a nighttime ritual. Nighttime ritual, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, like what? What would that be like? Well, I, I actually like to ask clients, you know, what would be your ideal way to wind down in the evening? And see what they say. Mm-hmm. And often it's... um maybe like an hour of my favorite show or 45 minutes reading a book, uh, taking a bath or a shower, brushing my teeth, um, just quiet time. And then, you know, like they describe a quiet, peaceful, listening to music, you know, they describe a quiet, peaceful evening. Mm -hmm. And um, one that doesn't have a lot of uh, ramped up screen time, Right. Conflict. What? Or conflict. conflict. Mm-hmm. Or conflict, yeah. Or yeah. conflict. Um, so one of the things that that is often an impediment to that is screen. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So how do you find with your clients screens affect sleep? So a lot of times I will uh, talk to people about sleep. And they will say, I watch television to go to sleep all the time. But the problem is then after an hour or two, they wake up. So the problem with watching television isn't the content per se, although sometimes it can be that way, something really scary or something really Mm -hmm, exciting. mm -hmm. But it's also the quality of light. You know, it's the blue light that the screen Mm -hmm. emits that um, tend to wake up your brain. So... um, one of the hardest sells in getting people to get into a good practice is the one hour before sleep. One hour before you go to bed, no screens, no smartphone, no television, no computer. And people find that really hard to do nowadays. But if you get into the habit of doing something else, it's very quiet, such as reading or sitting and listening to music or crocheting or something quiet um, with your hands. Um, then, not not the next night, but over the course of a couple of weeks, you will find a really good deep sleep, usually. What? Why is that? What is happening in the brain in those quiet activities that cannot happen when a screen is involved? 
Well, the screen gets a different uh, pattern going in your brain. Your brain has electrical uh, patterns and rhythms, and you want to have the right pattern that will allow you to flick that switch, the off switch. And if you are, are looking at a screen, that typically doesn't happen, or you get set up to wake up um, shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing that's like that um, is alcohol, of course. Mm-hmm. Alcohol mm-hmm. makes you very drowsy a lot of times, and so it feels like it's great to have a little drink before you head off to bed. But a couple hours later, bing, mm-hmm. your eyes are wide open, and it's very hard at that point to get back to sleep. But it is because of the the way the alcohol acts on your system. Mm-hmm. So that's always something to consider if you are waking up in the middle of the night and finding it hard to get back to sleep. It might be alcohol. So no screens. Yep. An hour before bed. Yes. Limited or no alcohol if there are sleep issues, problems waking up. Yep. Um, one thing that I find that actually is sometimes a component in people not being able to fall asleep mm-hmm. is not enough physical activity during the day. Mm-hmm. So their brains have been busy. And, you know, they've accomplished a lot in work. Yeah. But the body hasn't actually been engaged. That is right. And sleep is an act of the body. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like where the body literally is shutting down because it needs the rest. Yeah. When you go to sleep, your body is paralyzed, right? Mm-hmm. You get shut off so that you can do your dreaming thing without actually thrashing around and... <laughs> breaking a bone without actually flying <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. so um physical exercise get yourself tired out physically but again it's the same thing as with uh the um screens mm-hmm. with alcohol you want to you want to have no uh, vigorous physical exercise like for an hour before you settle down to go to sleep. Otherwise, once again, you'll wake yourself up, wake your brain up, and Mm -hmm. uh, your heart rate may be elevated and so forth and so on. And that makes it hard to to enter into that calm mode. So, Hmm. what else, Deb? Have you got anything else for us on getting a good sleep? You know, um, Hot tea, hot herbal teas. Yes, yeah, so really a nice warm or hot drink. That's caffeine free, naturally caffeine free. Caffeine free, yep. Like a chamomile, something that's very gentle on the stomach, mm. gentle on the system. Um, mm-hmm. Like a sleepy time concoction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a that can that can really be a, a relaxing thing as well. Um, you know, when your kids were little, were there things that you did to help them ease into sleep? Well, you mentioned a ritual. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we gave too many details about that. But a ritual involves doing the same set of things in the same right. sequence every time. So that every night you have story time. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you brush your teeth. And then you go and... 
Um, climb in bed well. Of course, you get in your gym, gym jams first, then story time, then brush teeth, then climb in bed. And you get tucked in. You have a little chat. You have a night-night prayer. Mm-hmm. And then the lights go down. Every single night, same time. And <laughs> what is I'm laughing what is because I can, I can like literally see the scene repeating itself, you know? It's like the the teeth, the bath, you know, drying off with warm towels from the dryer because they always wanted warm towels, you know, mm-hmm. and warm pajamas. Like getting into the warm towels mm-hmm. and warm towels. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, like reading story time and then prayers. But the prayers were always once they were in their own bed. So it was like an individual prayer with each one of them. Yes. But then at the end of it, it was always hugs and kisses, mom, hugs and kisses. <laughs> Uh-huh. And so it was like this, like, you can't leave without the hugs and kisses. And, it, like, it was something that they would conveniently forget that I did. You didn't hug and kiss us. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though I One had. more. One more exactly. go around. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just it's kind of funny how even, even for kiddos, it's hard. There's a struggle to sleep. Right. Even though we need it, there's a there's a natural fight against it. Mhm. Why is that? You suppose. Well, who likes to be out of control for eight hours? What's out of control for eight hours? <laughs> well, you can't you can't control what's happening in your sleep. You're right. out of control. You know. Right. Um. So either out of control or fear of missing out. What am I missing out? on mm-hmm. in sleeping um safety mm-hmm. do i feel safe can i trust that while my eyes are closed and my body is essentially paralyzed that i am safe yeah and if you've ever had the uh what do they call it sleep paralysis mm-hmm. then that can be scary too right mm-hmm. so you are awake your mind is awake your senses are awake, but your motor neurons are not operational. You can't move. Mm-hmm. And uh, that results sometimes in those dreams, too, where you can't get away from the monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have that uh, horrible, scary feeling that they wake up and they can't move. And sometimes they even have a sense of some uh, evil presence in the room, which might be an evil presence, but it also might be something that's happening to your body when you're half awake and making you freak out about sleep mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. You Have mentioned you caffeine before. Sorry, say again? No, yeah, go ahead. You're asking me a more interesting I was just going to ask you, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. But if you know what it is, then it's not so scary anymore. Right. But especially for kids, it can be really mm-hmm. scary. They can't move. Mm-hmm. I remember having it and thinking, I'm going to wiggle my left toe, so I know I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and did you wiggle it? Did it work? <laughs> it worked. Okay. And then I was good. like, okay, I can at least wiggle my left toe. It was, you know, and that was kind of like, I'm not completely paralyzed. Right, but, right, right. <laughs> hmm. It comes back, but sometimes it's out of sync because your consciousness should go the same time or just before the paralysis. Mm, mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets out of whack. 
so you're conscious mm-hmm. and paralyzed. Not very nice. The following clips were taken from the website catholic.org describing two saints that are often named on this program. Have you ever heard the expression, what's in a name? For most of us today, the answer is, well, not much. Most of our names don't mean something beyond the fact that they represent who we are. Hello, I'm Father James Kabicki with some thoughts on the name Barnabas, the saint whom we celebrate today. According to the Acts of the Apostles, the name of this early church missionary and companion of St. Paul means son of encouragement. His real name was Joseph, but the apostles called him Barnabas after he sold his land and gave the money to help the apostles. But not everything went smoothly in the early church. Later, Paul and Barnabas had a falling out over another early missionary named Mark, who for one reason or another had abandoned the mission, and it took years for them to be reconciled. When Pope Benedict talked about Barnabas a few years ago, he had this to say, Hence, there are also disputes, disagreements, and controversies among the saints. And I find this very comforting, because we see that the saints have not fallen from heaven. They are people like us who also have complicated problems. Holiness does not consist in never having sinned. Holiness increases the capacity for conversion, for repentance, for willingness to start again, and especially for reconciliation and forgiveness. I think that means that Barnabas is not only a son of encouragement because of his good deeds, but also because he wasn't perfect And so he sought reconciliation. Now, don't you find that encouraging too? Father James Kubicki is the National Director of the Apostleship of Prayer. For prayer resources and to learn more about the Apostleship of Prayer, visit their website at apostleshipofprayer.org. St. Dymphno was born sometime during the 7th century in Ireland and is the patroness of victims of incest as well as those suffering nervous and mental afflictions. Her feast day is May 15th and it is unknown who beatified or canonized her. Dymphno was born to a pagan father and Christian mother. When she was 14 years old, Dymphno promised herself to Christ and vowed to live a chaste life. Unfortunately, later that same year, her mother passed and her father lost his senses. So maddened was he by the loss of his wife that his sights turned toward his daughter, who greatly resembled the woman he loved. His advisors whispered foul suggestions to him, and he decided to marry her as a replacement for his beloved wife. When Dymphna discovered his scheme, she escaped to Belgium with the help of her trusted servants, a fool, and her confessor. The group settled in Giel, where Dymphna opened a hospice for the city's mentally ill and poor. Unfortunately, when she used her money to pay for the hospital, Her father was able to track her down, and he quickly traveled to Giel with soldiers, whom he ordered to decapitate the priest. Dymphna's father attempted to convince her to marry him, but when she refused, he became enraged and dispatched her head from her shoulders. She was only 15 years old. Following the bloody scene, the townspeople collected Dymphna and the priest's remains and buried them in a cave. Eventually, a shrine and church were erected above the burial site, and several mentally ill people were healed there. Dymphna was canonized in 620, and her remains were moved to a silver reliquary in the church. Some of her remains can also be found at the Shrine to St. Dymphna in the United States in Maslin, Ohio. Traditionally, St. Dymphna was portrayed with a crown on her head, 
dressed in royal robes and holding a sword which symbolized her martyrdom. In modern art, she is shown holding a sword, albeit quite awkwardly. Today, she is also often depicted with a lamp in her hand and on some holy cards is featured wearing green and white while holding a book and white lilies. To learn more about St. Dymphna, visit catholic.org. And if St. Dymphna inspires you or someone you know, shop for her items by clicking on the catholicshopping.com link below for a one-of-a-kind shopping experience. Do you ever have your clients do mindfulness exercises, like a conscious relaxation of their entire body to help yeah. with drifting off? Help with what? With drifting off, with actually oh. like letting go. Yes, you know, I don't do a whole lot of that. I do that for other things, for anxiety. I've got a couple mm-hmm. of flickers outside my window. Um, a couple. Flickers, woodpeckers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, you're absolutely right. That, that can be a very good thing to do. Another good thing that is not uh, much appreciated is to take your body from a state of uh, being cold to a state of being comfortably warm. So just like the tea enters your stomach and it makes you comfortably warm, if you um, go around in barefoot or go and run your hands under cold water for a while or your feet in the bath, Right, go into the bathtub and get your hands and feet nice and cold from water right out of the tap. And then you uh, go into your room after drying off, of course. You snuggle in, and by the time you get warm, then you feel much more sleepy. What is it? <laughs> I'm just reminded of this prank that kids used to do at camp with a bowl of water. <laughs> You're not bringing that up, are you? <laughs> All right, tell us, tell people who haven't heard of this how that works. Uh, well, it's pretty terrible, but and I never did it, nor was I the recipient of it, thankfully. But um, but there were tales that the boys would get a bowl of tepid water, yeah, and then stick someone's hand in the bowl, Someone and then theoretically sleeping whoever's hand. Uh, was in the bowl, they would urinate and wet themselves. <laughs> Theoretically. Theoretically. I, ha- I don't think I've seen it done either, but they say <laughs> <laughs> that's mean. It is mean. But it was one of those kind of like camp's old wives' tales. Yeah. <laughs> As you were talking about running water over your feet. <laughs> that, was mm. the, that was the kind of flashback. Juvenile um, flashback. You- let me give uh, one more tip about sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, if you uh, if you wake up and you can't go back to sleep, or if you go to bed and you can't get to sleep at the first time, um, you have to be very strict with yourself and um, only lie there for 20 minutes. 20 minutes max. If you're still awake after 20 minutes, get out of bed and read or do a, a quiet activity, jigsaw puzzle, crochet something. No screens. Um, and do that until you feel sleepy and then climb in bed again. Once again, if you're not asleep, at the end of 20 minutes, you get out of bed. Because otherwise, you're programming your brain to think that climbing into bed is the time when you lie there not sleeping. Right? So you, um, it's all a matter of getting your brain into those waves. If you only are in bed for sleep, or the 20 minutes of wakefulness, then your brain will start getting the idea 
and get into that nice rhythm of shutting down when you climb into bed, right? That's really hard to do, though. Most of us want to stick in there like, I know I can go to sleep if I just try a little bit longer. Um, but it's a matter of long-term patterns and habits that you want to mm-hmm. get your brain into. So it really works. 20 minutes and then get out of bed, back into bed, 20 minutes, get out. Mm-hmm. You might have to do that over several nights. But then you will once again get your brain into a really good pattern. Okay, I said I was going to give one. I'm going to give one more. <laughs> what often happens with people is that they can't sleep. And so the next day they get home from school or work and they conk out immediately and they sleep for four hours. Mm-hmm. And then they get up and they eat and they watch television and then they go back to bed. And, and they, they can't sleep. sleep. Mm-hmm. So you get a terrible pattern of hypersom and insomnia. Mm-hmm. If you find that you're sleeping more than a, a short nap during the daytime, you will need to discipline yourself not to sleep during the day or hardly at all, 10, 15 minutes max. Several days in a row, maybe a week in a row, you'll have to do that. And finally, you will conk out at night. And once you've had a really good uh, long sleep during the night, then you will not want to sleep during the day and you will have reset your clock. Excellent. So, Deb, I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. you were talking before about a theology of sleep. What is a theology? What You had a book. What was the book? The book is called Theosomnia by Andrew Bishop. Theosomnia, A Christian Theology of Sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, Holy Week always brings a lot of references up for me. Mm-hmm. So you think of the... the the um the death of Christ as asleep. And he himself used the term, Oh, he's not dead, he's asleep. Oh, she's not dead, she's asleep. Right. So he already puts these comparisons there, these parallels. Comparing sleep to death. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um So is sleep like death or is death like sleep? Is sleep like death? Or is death like sleep? Because I think death is like sleep. You know, I think most people recognize the permanence of death, but death really isn't permanent in the in the longer run, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, I yeah, I would prefer to think of death like sleep. Right. I think that I think that actually makes more sense. Um you know going back to um you know, becoming a becoming a new Catholic and praying Compline. The prayers of Compline really talk about committing ourselves to the Lord, like mm-hmm. trusting ourselves to his care for the time that we are in this state of paralyzed vulnerability. Yes. You know, um, but also trusting that he's going to help us rise with the dawn. And mm-hmm. so even within this, this language of Compline, there's this like resurrection kind of, so what are you talking about there, Trent? Uh, Deb, what is Compline? Uh, Compline is night prayer, which is different from morning prayer or evening prayer. Compline is um, what is prayed right before bedtime. Right. And it's actually one of my favorites. I think it is my, my favorite, uh, the Liturgy of the Hours. Yeah, and I love it too. Uh, in fact, as a lay Dominican, we have our own version of that, which is 
slightly different. It adds several prayers to it and so forth, which are uh, beautiful. Really? What so the of liturgy prayers? of the hours are the are the prayers that the uh, re- religious, the monks and nuns and and uh, friars and so forth, mm-hmm. um, are committed to praying at, at various points during the day. Right? They're praying the psalms and with some added prayers to that too. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the last one before you go to sleep is what you're talking about, compliment. Yes, and it includes the new Timotus, which is the prayer that Simeon prayed in the temple when he saw Christ. Um, Lord, you have now your servant can depart in peace. Right. You know, for my eyes to see in the Savior, and right. um, and so he he prays this. Um, and it's one of those passages, those like it's just as a reminder that sleep sleep is okay. It's actually good. There's nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can actually settle into it. Right. In this state of vulnerability and unprotectedness, we're not actually unprotected. God is there. And um Beautiful. The, uh, the preface to that also is save us, Lord, while we are awake. Protect us while we sleep, that we may keep watch with Christ and rest with him in peace. Mm. So it even uses some of this, like, funereal language, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which, in a way, is like a, a preparation for death. Yes. So if you have, if you see God, then death is not... The end. You know, mm-hmm. It's not. I often like to it's say that. It's not terrifying. It's not terrifying. Nobody wants to die, but most of us will have to go through it, you know, unless we're mm-hmm. here at the second coming. So I often say to people, a quote from an ancient Greek philosopher: "No bad thing can happen to a good person." Obviously false on one level, <laughs> right? But there is a sense in which it really is profoundly true. That even the death is okay. We can mm-hmm. accept that peace because we have seen the face of the Lord. Amen. Very well said. So, um, so yeah, there's just this. This. I don't know if the word ontological is the right word to use in this particular aspect, because sleep isn't something that that God does. Well, but it is everything Christ submitted to in his human form. Yeah, that is certainly true. So I have to confess that I haven't read the whole book. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite in, it's quite deep. Is it? I think you would, I think you would really like it. Um I yeah. have never started a book and not finished it since last week. I have. I, I was going to say. I. It's rare that I start a book and finish it. Yeah, um, I've got tons of <laughs> I don't care anymore, though. I don't feel bad about it. I will try to mm-hmm. get the best out of a book I can. Yeah, I think of it like friends. Like you never totally get to know a friend inside and out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you might never totally get to know a book cover to cover. Right. But in the acquaintance with the author and you know like the general ideas of what they have to say like you might not see it to the end and like fully flesh it out but right. there's 
feel that interaction with and uh, and an element of understanding. Yeah, so, that's, that's great. I love that. So in that way, I can totally justify not finishing books. There are some people that you uh, really want to know them through and through, and mm-hmm. there are other people, the first chapter is enough. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. I know all I need to know about this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that's great. So you might find this interesting because um, mm-hmm. some of the chapters of this book, one of them is Into Your Hands, O Lord, I Commend My Spirit. Mm-hmm. So Christ literally giving up his breath. Um, the part where Christ lies down and sleeps in the boat in the midst of the storm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um Let's see what another is. Uh, what's the the phrase in Psalm twenty three? He makes me lie down in green pastures. Right. That's beautiful. So there's another one that that um, equivocates or correlates sleep and trust. Mhm. You know, and when you think about insomnia from a point of anxiety. Yep. There's not a lot of trust there. Right. There's At more fear mo- and hurry. Yes, for sure. You do not have the sense that you are going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. I don't have uh, anything okay. more profound to say about it. <laughs> okay. Well, um... Sleep is a practice, right, for the, our ultimate purpose. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, live well, then you can die well. If we if we plan to die well, then we will live well. Um, and it's not very popular to say that these days, I don't think. I think that our whole culture is involved in a denial of death. That's another great book, by the way. Hmm. Denial of Death. You might very well check that one out. Who is that by? Uh, good question. I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. He was a psychoanalyst back in the 60s, and uh, the book came out in about 72. And then, unfortunately, um, John, uh can't think of his name, he died of cancer not too long after he wrote this book. But mm-hmm. all the many different ways that we try to avoid the brute fact of death. We try to shut it out, try to fill our lives with noise so that we're mm-hmm. not faced with that terrible, terrifying limit to our existence. So I think what Christianity gives us is is that, amongst many other things, um, the uh, ability to look death in the face and say, into your hands I, I commend my spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, Lord, Lord you let your spirit. servant depart in peace. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so that's it for this week on Uncounseling. Thank you very much, Deb. Uncounseling is a production of St. Barnabas Reconciliation Ministries and of the Four Persons blog and the Four Persons podcast. Here every week at the same time. So do tune in, do send us your questions at stbarn at protonmail.com. Um, how can they get hold of you, Deb, if they need an appointment? 610-601-9781. That is 
601-601-9781 or debrojascounseling at gmail.com. Awesome. You can get hold of me at stbarn.org. Org. Remember to check out all the other great shows on the Four Persons Podcast every evening. Thank you very much for being with us, uh, St. Barnabas. Pray for us. And St. Dimsna. Pray for us. St. Thomas and St. Dominic. Pray for us. We thank you, Lord, for letting us be here this evening. And please give us all a good night's sleep and a happy day tomorrow. We ask for your blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for having me, Fred. See you next week. If the techniques and programs recommended on this show do not help with your sleeping problems, or if your sleeping problems are very prolonged and very serious, you may have a serious medical condition such as sleep apnea. We suggest you consult your doctor or medical professional immediately and arrange to have a sleep study done. Millions of people suffer from obstructive sleep apnea, including those with heart issues and those who are seriously overweight. If you think you might have sleep apnea, please do not hesitate to contact your doctor. Obstructive sleep apnea can be a life-threatening condition. However, it is easily treated if it is caught early. Thank you.